0: Good evening. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. Okay. Now, if you misunderstand me, just throw something at me, get my attention, do what you have to do, because um, I have, I've spent a lot of time um, praying and thinking about what, what the Lord is putting on my heart, and um, I really feel very strongly. What I'm going to share is something that I believe everyone needs to know. But before I start, I would like to just open this up to prayer and um, release the Lord's presence in here, okay? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. You are good all the time. Your mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. Father, our hearts cannot even grasp the goodness and the greatness of your love. We can't even comprehend it, Father. And we thank you for that. We thank you that you are more than everything we have ever had. We thank you that you are more than everything we can even comprehend. Father, I just want to welcome your presence. This is your house. And all I am is a for, Lord. Use me as you will. And, Father, I ask that you release your praises. I speak peace over everyone here. It's been a long week. We've been through some stuff. Let it come off in the name of Jesus. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Um, I'll, I'm just going to give a brief introduction. I'm Caleb. And as you know, my wife, Kristen, who was just up here, we've been married for four years. And um, when we got married, I moved up here, but I kept going to school to finish up my degree. Now, to back up, there were three major events in my life that I believe were worth sharing with everyone. At the time, I was five the time I was 12, and the time I was 22, okay? So I was born perfectly normal as a child, but over time, from the time I was born to the time I was 5, I had a lot of ear infections in my ears that caused what the doctors believe to um, literally corrode the nerve that goes from my inner ear to the brain. So, at the age of five, I lost my hand. It was overnight. I remember being around Christmas time, and um, I had this really bad earache, just really bad. My mom said that I had stuff like um, green liquid coming out of my ears. I don't remember that. I just remember hurting. I remember my dad was holding me, praying over me, trying to give me to calm down and go to sleep. And he finally did, after like maybe four to six hours of just writing me and praying over me. And um, I remember waking up that morning when I was five, and um, the pain was gone. Everything was gone. I walk up to my mom, and I was like, Good morning, Mom. And she starts talking. I'm like, Mom, stop whispering. I can't hear you and she's just doing something in the kitchen. and she turns around, what? And I'm the mom stopped whispering. And then from that moment, tears started coming down her eyes. I mean, these tears, just instantly, she knew I had lost my hearing. And um, I remember very vividly, like the clothes we were wearing, everything, I just remember. And I also remember when I was five, I started playing baseball, or t ball, as you will, you know, just hit it off the little tee. But um, that was one of the things to help me get my focus off of what was going on. Because when you're five, you can't fully comprehend all the things that are going on around you. And, um, but I remember, it was so nice when I was little, and I would see this light come in my room. I didn't know what it was, I explained it to my mom. She said, baby, I don't know what you're talking about. And I said, well, it's this this light, and he always comes to tell me it's gonna be okay. I never saw a face, it was this light. And the more I started questioning it, I talked to my grandmother about it, I talked to my dad about it, my mom, Everyone I could find, what is this? Who is this coming to my room? And then one day it occurred to me, that was Jesus, that was his presence, right there in my room telling me everything's going to be okay. And so from that point on, I began to get very curious. Who is this Jesus? And I hear about him in Sunday school, but nobody seemed to be able to answer my questions. She's a five-year-old, I asked my parents, I asked too many questions, too many. Then my mom and dad got me a book, and I think it was, it was a children's book entitled, um, I think it was like um, the answer to everything a kid could ask, and that didn't have the answers that I wanted. I wanted to know who Jesus was. So from a very young age, I began to pursue, who is Jesus? Where do I run? Where did he run for me? What do I have to do for him? And um, through those years, I was deaf, completely And until the age I was 12. You know, two major things happened to me when I was 12. When I was 12, um, in May 25th, May 2000, I got implanted with the cochlear implant, which is what most of you see on my hair. And um, funny thing, guys, because when I got this, I had people coming to me saying, Is that an MP3 player in your hair? I'm like, No, because it doesn't look like a hearing aid if you look at it. It doesn't look like a hearing aid, like a typical hearing aid. So I started having fun with it. I'm like, Yeah, I can listen to my iPod, all this stuff way before all this stuff came. So I think I'm a proper by the way. But um anyway, um these open doors from that time, um, from the time I was twelve on forward. Um the second thing that happens, I got baptized with the Holy Spirit. And I will tell you one thing, when it came it wasn't like a um you know like a big Always and like he said, what happened with Jesus in the Bible, the dog. It wasn't like that. But something inside of me changed. Something in my life changed. And the funny thing to me when I look back is, all of a sudden, the answers that I wanted to know began to be answered. It was like I would read my Bible. It would come to life. My mom would have to come in my room and say, it's time to go to bed, baby. But I'm like, just one more chapter. Just, just one more. Let me finish the story. It's amazing what the Holy Spirit does when we allow him to open our eyes to things unseen, things that we don't know, things that we don't feel with our five senses. The Holy Spirit... He is a person. He is Jesus. He's the Spirit of Jesus. Scripture says that the, the Spirit of Jesus, the, the Spirit of prophecy, is the, the testimony of Jesus, is the Spirit of prophecy. Now, what that's saying, especially for the youth, I want you to get this. When you show what Jesus has done in your life, you are opening eyes to the prophetic realm. You are decreeing Jesus, Lord of your life. You will decree and case power were over you. And when you do that with the power of the Holy Spirit, things shift. It's like all of shit, nobody likes me. Nobody cares about me. Jesus loves me. You begin to see maybe they don't maybe they feel that way because they don't know who they are. Maybe they don't know their identity. And Jesus is putting you in that situation to show them who they are. Do you guys follow me? So that is what I got when I was 12, when the Holy Spirit began to permeate in my life. I began to understand this whole thing that I have going on was becoming more of a relationship with Jesus. It wasn't about do this, do that, do this. And when I was younger, I remember I would go to church and the pastors would be saying oh, the three things to this, the five ways to this. And I remember the Holy Spirit telling me those are good. They are biblical. They are like a path to help us give up a goal. But he wants something so much more than that. Yeah. He wants us. Just as, for example, my wife and I, Christian, I don't want to just know about her. I want to know her. I want to know what she's thinking. I want to know what she feels. I want to know what's going on. I want a relationship with her. You can't be married without communication, without talking, without spending time with each other. Now explain to me, how can you have a relationship with Jesus? without spending time with Jesus. It just doesn't happen. That's what I began to get. When I was 12, all he wanted was to spend time with me. All he wanted was for me to tell him what was on my heart and listen to what he had to say to me. And you would be amazed and when we just be still, just let all this stuff just going on, just put it aside. He speaks to us in so many different ways. One time he used SpongeBob scrub pens to teach me something. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I was in an with problem. I was on my face before the Lord. Lord, I don't get it. I don't feel you. I feel that my prayers are bouncing off the wall. Don't you hear me? What's going on? And I was sure sudden I remember the jingle from SpongeBob yellow poison and a sorb in his head. (laughs) And that's part of the theme song of SpongeBob. And then it hit me, the Holy Spirit hit me. All I want you to do right now is soak it. Just listen to what I have to say. He's the answer to every problem we have. So sometimes it's better that we just learn to be quiet and listen to what he has to say. Just soak it in. That's what I love about Pastor Barbie, when she's been talking about the present. I'm like, yes, Lord, that's exactly what I want, your present, because without it, I wouldn't be here. Without it, I wouldn't be here at all. Because you see, when the doctors found out that that I lost my hearing, they told my mom that I would probably never speak of vengeance as a normal person. But here I am right now, because the power of Jesus, I'm here, yeah. and it's, it's amazing what He does for His children. It really is. When I was um, sixteen, I was fifteen at the time, facing to be sixteen. I'm sure you guys know exactly what's on my mind. <laughs> truck, I went a truck Four wheel drive, lift kit, blow mask. I want the whole thing, everything. My mom and dad even asked me, What do you want? I'm like, I don't know. Because I'm thinking Ford, Dodge, Toyota, Nissan. I'm thinking, What? Okay, okay, I need my option. But secretly, I told the Lord, Lord, I would really like a red F 150. I mean, I told him every little detail, and I never told another story. Nobody knew. Nobody. Well, one day I get home from work, and my dad's got this big smile on his face, and I'm like, what's up? Because everybody knows my dad's got that funny look on his face. Something's up. Something's up. So I was like, what's up? And he's smiling. He said, come on, jump in the truck. Let's go. I got your truck. I'm like, right. I didn't even look at it. I haven't even seen it. How do you know I'm going to like it? Like, you know, really, Dad, you did it without me. This is my truck. I should pick it up. <laughs> that's, that's my thinking. You know? Well, we pull up to the car dealership, and um, my dad had it prearranged that they would have the truck sent out in shown certain so it would be the first thing that I see when we pull up. So we pull up, and as we do it, I'm looking. My dad said, there he is, and I'm looking like, what? And he said, that's your truck. And I said, I'm just like, really, really, dad? That's, that's, that's mine. You're not giving me your truck. and look at it now, right? This is mine. He was a ride-up 150, four-wheel drive. He's 10th cab, Flow Monster. I did have a little kid, yeah, but I proved it on, oh yeah. (laughs) But it was everything I wanted, everything. And the Lord even blessed me with a way to have it paid off by the time I was 18. So guys, if you're listening, prepare for your future. When you get your vehicles, when you get married, having been a good steward with what you have right now yeah. will pay off down the road. Right. I promise. That goes for everything from purity, from relationships, finances, everything that you do right now is going to affect the outcome of the future. Amen. So I am. I ask you, allow the Holy Spirit to come in to rearrange things and show you how because when he comes, everything becomes clear. It's like, what I don't know. Oh, that's simple. I can do that. That's what kind of God we serve. He takes on the hard stuff, the nasty stuff, and he gave us this. Just choose me. It's that simple. We come to a crossroad in our lives, especially in our teenage years, We come to this crossroad, choose life, choose death, and let the Lord take care of the rest. When we choose life, overabundance, more than enough, his favor just covers you and you can't run away from it. That's the story of my life. He has never let me down, ever, ever. He has always been there, always. And I will say one thing I learned during my teenage years was the man, maybe even this second, I forgot about the goodness of God. All sorts of attacks came on at me doubting. Man, is God even for me? Is He even here? Did He even care? The man, if you stop thinking about the goodness of God, you open yourself up to doubt. Fear, insecurity, all sorts of things, and he, the enemy, will when he comes in, he's gonna take everything he can get, and he's gonna spare nothing, yeah. nothing. So, from the time I was um, eighteen to the time I was, um, let's see, about twenty-one, right, Christian? It came from the time I was 18 to 21. Um, I graduated, I went to junior college, and I'm just relentlessly pursuing him. And my whole life, I've only dated two people. The second one I married is my wife right there. I had no interest in dating unless it was Deloitte Adam. I to, the way I looked at it was if this relationship is not going to put me in a place where I want to be where the Lord wants me to be. It's not worth it. So why compromise who I am and who God made me to my future? Why compromise that? His way is so clear when we ask the Holy Spirit, when we allow the Holy Spirit to come to take over. He's all of a sudden the whole path for us is clear. I mean, crystal clear. And, um, and when I began, to, when I met Kirsten, it was like within about three months of just knowing her, I knew she's the one I want. That's the girl I want my bride to be. She's the one I want to pursue. And I've never felt that way about anyone else, ever. And that's when I realized, hey, I can't allow the Holy Spirit to take over my relationships, and maybe even my marriage. Because you see, in a relationship, it's 100% and 100%. I can't give Kristen 50%, and she give me 50%. It has to be committed. All out. Same thing with the Lord. He wants one hundred percent of you and he's gonna give you a thousandfold. You just can't compare it to his goodness. You just cannot compare it to the sweet praises that he has, that he wants to release in our situations. Help the atmospheres he wants to shift. You just can't you, you can't beat him. He will always run up you. Always. You just, you just can't beat him. I've tried. Can't beat him. I can't outgive God. If I give 200, he gives me 2,000. Not always, but I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> you can't beat him. You can never outgive God. So, with that being said, really give as he really gives us. It's that simple. And that's where, um, when I was around that time, I began to stand. Because when I was about twenty, um, yeah, by nineteen twenty, the church that I was I went through a split. There was just some disagreements in the leadership, and that caused me, as a young man, to be too close to everything. All these people that held well here were now down here with me. And I began to question, Lord, what's going on? And that's when he revealed to me, he is God, not my pastor. He, Jesus, is the source of my life, not my pastor. You see, because during that time, everything I did revolved around church. Everything. And I was, I mean, it was a great thing because what happens was it shaped. Um, how I view my relationship with Jesus. During that time, I was in a lot of discipleship programs. Some of the most mighty men I've, I've ever known and had the privilege to be under. And they, they helped disciple me as I, was, as I grew up. And I can't even begin to explain to you what I learned from them because... Um, you can't put a price on wisdom. Wisdom is priceless. Wisdom is priceless. Wisdom will give you so much further than wealth, than friends, than relationships. You know? Wisdom will give you so much further into, into the true source of life. And um, through those men, they helped. Shave me into my pursuit of Jesus, not only is the Lord of my life, but it's my Father. And when we allow Jesus as our Father, a whole new perspective of Jesus comes in. A whole new perspective of God comes in. And you see, that's that's, starting to answer my question. Who is God? Who is Jesus? Who is the Holy Spirit? How can they be three different people and still one God? You know what? Don't worry about that. Just focus on Jesus. <laughs> really, it's so much easier to focus on your relationship with Jesus. Don't try to work out theology. Because one thing I learned in my life, and Christian will told you this as well, um, but religion, is celebrates perfection. Everything has to be so perfect. But a relationship is progress. You can't get married and everything's perfect. You have to work at it, just like a relationship with Jesus. We have to push, push and do it. Because you see, for example, in my life, I'll give you an example of yesterday. I get off of work, and I want to go home and fix my kids in night. It's not working, and I'm just getting frustrated because, Lord, I went yesterday to get the lights. The new bulbs, they don't work. Well, I take the whole thing apart and find out that there's an electrical component that is messed up. There's another time for it, but I'm just going to keep it simple. Um, <laughs> But um when I went to take it apart, I'm looking at this, I'm like, Lord, I don't have time for this. I don't have time. I'm getting so upset, but I was I'm so glad that I just stopped and said, Lord, I am not happy right now. I am not happy about my situation. I am not happy with this light. I just want to cut and make it just swivel up and all of a sudden a new light pops out. <laughs> I just I don't have time for this and i'm just telling the lord how i feel and i will admit it's not the nicest way but i'm me and him we're, i'm honest with him i'm not going to lie to him he's my daddy he's my friend he's my guide. i'm not going to lie to my leaders. so i'm just telling him how i feel and i said lord i need you i need your presence Please, Lord, I need your presence in this. And as soon as I started repenting, I'm sick of this anger, this bitterness that's trying to take over me. No, get out in Jesus' name. I'll repent of this. I started changing what I thought. Put my mind on Jesus and his goodness. The whole atmosphere in the room shifted within five minutes. All of a sudden, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll just go to the hardware store but the component bitch is simple. It is so simple. So we serve such a good God. He loves us and cares about us. And the best part is he wants a relationship with you. So um from the time I was um, you see twenty-one, twenty-two. Um, I, met, I got married to Kirsten. We've been married four years, and I will tell you those have been some of the most blessed, wonderful years of my life. And I believe it's because we've, we've worked hard to keep Jesus the center of our marriage. We have worked hard to keep Jesus at the very center. Everything revolves around Jesus. And... um. I can tell you hundreds of situations we've been and where everything could go wrong, but because the glue that we had that God gave us because we were pursuing Jesus, the answers were just easy. It was just easy. There weren't easy choices to make, but the answer was easy to find. We knew what we had to do. There was no question in Jesus. There was none of that. It was clear. We need what to do. And that's the God that we serve. He cares. He loves us. He wants to be with us. And after telling you basically my life story in you know, 15 minutes, you know, I can honestly say standing up here right now, looking back at what I've been through, God's Word is so pinpoint-accurate. Just like he said in David's example of David's life, David really messed up some stuff. I mean, he really did. But it was his heart. He knew who his daddy was, and he knew how to come and approach his daddy. He knew that. He knew how to worship his daddy. God would use the least likely to fulfill the greatest things in the kingdom of God. Not because the skill, the talent, No, that doesn't matter. Because they're willing. Because David took the time. He spent time in the presence of God. He made time. And because of that, the Lord elevated him to high places where he had influence over many. Simply because he was willing and that's what my goal in my life has always been. Look, I'm deaf, yeah, but I don't look at this as a disability. The world is really good at telling us what we can do, but our God is really good at telling us what we can do. Yeah. That's what I'm holding on to. Yeah. Can you see? Going back to when I was well, when I lost my hair, my mom told me. I remember she said, "You look up and just keep looking up, and we'll get through this together." I don't think she realized the power of what she was really saying. She's, in a way, she was taking my chin and she's telling me to look up at her. But at the same time, the kingdom of God runs power, love, with what we see in the nine You see. And she was telling me to look up. And the spirit, that was me looking up to Jesus. When I lost my head, I lost everything. Everything. I mean, think about it, my speech is different because I missed that time gap. From the time I was five to 12, it's the most important time for a child to learn speech patterns. With the rise and fluctuation of the voice, how we pronounce things and how we enunciate things come from that time. I missed it all. Yes, I was upset with the Lord, but he was so good to remind me of his goodness. He never let me go. And that's why people often ask me, if you believe Jesus, how come he hasn't healed you? My answer, I don't know. But I've seen him do some awesome and mighty things in my life that I can't deny who he is. I can't. I just can't. Because when the Lord comes and when he reveals something to you, you hold that key. And no one else can take that key away from you until you give it away. You see, is that he gave you a little nugget of wisdom, a little revelation of his personality, who he is, his character. And wouldn't you just throw that key away? How can you access what he just gave you? Because you see, the way I look at him is, my life is a testimony to his goodness. Not only that, my life is a key to the kingdom, he gave me my own key to go to my secret places with my daddy. When I hit those hard times, I get on my knees and I go to my secret place, because I know the goodness of my God and what He did for me. I can't go there. Amen. The world can tell me all at once. Yeah. You sound funny. You look different. What's that thing on your ear. I know the goodness of my God. He never followed me. So, also looking back, I can tell that there were many moments in my life where Jesus was slowly pulling me deeper. I can't even begin to explain to you what it's like when you're on your knees in your secret place, and the Lord comes. I can't even begin to describe it. His presence is just so rich, it's so big. It elevates you up to places you've never been before. It just lives you Because I remember when I was going through, uh, it was the first year of being married. I just started going to the university. And I remember my professors were telling me I don't know if you need to stay in this field because this field requires a lot of healing and communication. It's it's very important that you can communicate. So they were so good at putting me down, but I knew that the Lord told me, this is the way I want you to go. And because I knew where he wanted me to go, it didn't matter what they were saying because I had a wife who loved me and supported me, and I knew who my daddy was, I was able to finish. And I stand here, right in front of you guys, I have a degree in mechanical engineering. Yeah. <laughs> who, who would have ever thought that that boy who loved his him when he was five could ever become an engineer? and speak in front of people. Yeah. Who would have thought? I never saw it coming. <laughs> I never did. I always thought I was gonna throw up and build houses and all sorts of um, cool things, and you know, I was gonna have a farm and a tractor, and all those really neat things, you know. I never thought about going to school, and then one day the Holy Spirit just hit me, I got a scholarship. I want you to go to school. I mean, I know I heard his spirit, his voice in my spirit. I want you to go to school. So for those years into this August, I have worked my bottom off to get where I am. But I will tell you, he is a good God. And I can't tell you how many hours I spend in my secret place. Just asking God, help me, help me. I can't do this. All they kept telling was, yes, you can, yes, you can, yes, you can. And that's what he's telling us when the Lord calls you to do something. It's like, um, one way I like to look at him, it's like a, a, a railroad track. You know, you've got a railroad track here. That railroad track is just laying there. It's paving the way. Well, behind that, you have the train. Let you say that's the power of God and the presence of God. When we fall in alignment with the Lord's will, we help pave the way for His presence and His power to come through. Does that make sense? So, that's one nugget I've learned in my life. And one more point before I close. Um, Over my life, I've learned that relationships are important. Not just my relationship with people, but my relationship with Him is also important. To to give it a perspective for you guys, how many of you know how uncomfortable it is to go to a stranger's house for the first time? It's uncomfortable, I'll be honest with you. When you go to someone who you don't know, You go to the house, you don't know how to talk, you don't know how to act, you don't know what to you just don't know what to do, so you kinda just stand there like you know, does that make sense? So let's flip that real quick. When we die, we go to heaven. I don't want to spend the rest of my life with a stranger. I want to know him. I want to know him like I know my dad. I want to know him like I know my mom, like I know my wife. I want to know what is he thinking? What is he feeling? What's he doing? Because the power of God is so present, we just have to see it. So with that being said, I would like to call the racing team to come up, and um. I want to ask you guys, when you get the chance, I want to challenge you guys, that's a better word, um, to take time, to make the time to see him as he is. You know, it's easy to stand up here, to sit down there and listen to Pastor Barbie, or Pastor um, Drew, Pastor Ryan, Pastor Wayne It's so easy to listen to them talk, and that becomes our daily food. It's so easy, too. But you can't have that relationship with Jesus without going on your soul. It's just not going to happen. If you want to see the things in my life, in your life, if you want to see the goodness of God like I've seen in my life, go to the source. Go to where the river comes from. Go to the spring. Go to the maker of heaven and the creator of earth. Go to him. He has everything you need, everything. Thank you.
1: Come and fill our homes with your presence.
0: Father, may your presence dwell over your people. May their eyes be open to things unseen. May their ears be opened to the voice of your name, to the voice, the one and the only. Father, may they know who you are and may they get to know you as you are. For you are holy. May you make yourself the temple in their life, Father. I release them with the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus. They will go forth and glorify your name. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.